Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And we have a fun-filled episode for you today. We are going to introduce two friends to each other, and maybe or maybe not, they will be friends towards the end of the podcast. Who knows? Or in the lingo of Facebook, they may actually just become frenemies. So Mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time to find it. Maybe they'll unfriend each other. Maybe. Probably. Probably. There could be some poking going on. There could definitely be some poking going on, yes. That's probably Facebook's most pointless feature ever, and I think Facebook has a lot of pointlessness, so... I would agree with you. Anyway. So the first friend you guys are already acquainted with, and that would be the Amazon Echo, or also known as Alexa. For those that don't know, the Alexa is a internet-connected speaker, and you can play radio stations read your Audible books and, and uh, podcasts and things like that just by using News your voice. Brief. Yes. And she comes in a bunch of different flavors. You can get her primarily three flavors, although there are a couple others as well. You can get her as an Echo, which is tall and skinny and round and cylindrical. You can get her as an Amazon Tap, which is a Bluetooth speaker. Or you can get her as a little bitty Amazon Dot, which is also cylindrical and cute and little. <laughs> The Amazon Tap is a Bluetooth speaker, as Kim suggests, but it is also the only device that is battery-powered. So you cannot say the magic word and have it respond to you. You have to physically touch it in order to start speaking to it. The other little friend is the Google Home, and this is a direct competitor to the Amazon Echo, created by, of course, Google. And this is a little speaker that has a touch panel on the top, and the speaker is probably six six inches tall, and the top is kind of like at an angle up, so it kind of looks like the half of the side of a house roof that comes up in a peak. So it would be like half of that that house roof, if you will. On the it doesn't have any physical buttons except one in the back. And if you press that button, you hear microphone off. And if you press it again, you hear microphone on. And the top portion or the roof, as you will, is a touch panel. So if you want to pause the media that you're listening to, you can tap it with the finger and it'll pause or resume your media. If you want to turn up or down the volume, you swipe it counterclockwise and clockwise to modify the volume. One of the cool factor features, at least that I think, is the way that it handles podcasts. I, for one, use my Echo for listening to and consuming podcasts but one thing the echo does not do is it does not keep your place in a podcast so if you stop the podcast play tune in radio or something like that and then go back to the podcast 
you're starting at the beginning. Google Home does not. So let's do the trigger phrase of, okay, Google, play the Mystic Access podcast. Echo dot fire stick in the heater. That's versions. Who knows? Yeah, it does not crash on me. So what I have to do is cancel out of setup. Press okay, Google. Button. Stop. Okay, Google. Play the Mac Break Weekly podcast. Here's where you left off in Mac Break Weekly MP3 MBW 531, the land of ghosts and winds. And yet. I don't know what those initial sales were like. Okay, Google. Said it did Stop. Okay, Google. Play music. All right, music on Google Play Music. Here you go. Okay, Google. Stop. Okay, Google. Play the Mystic Access podcast. Here's where you left off in podcast. Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning, demonstrating the all-new Echo Dot Fire Stick in the heater. On the dot for five seconds. Go back in. Okay, Google. Stop. I just wanted to illustrate that that's how that did work. So they have some cool things that they do kind of alike. They have other things that they don't do alike, and they have some definite advantages over one another. So this episode's kind of going to be... Uh, a little bit like the let's introduce the friends or frenemies, whichever it turns out to be, and test them against one another. Okay, Google. What time is it? The time is 7.06 p.m. Alexa, what time is it? It's 7.06 p.m. Okay, Google. What is the date? It is Saturday, the 5th of November, 2016. Alexa, what is the date? Today is Saturday, November 5th. Okay, Google. What is the weather in San Francisco? Right now in San Francisco, it's 63 and mostly cloudy. Today, it'll be cloudy with a forecasted high of 65 and a low of 58. Alexa, what is the weather in San Francisco? Currently, in San Francisco, California, it's 66 degrees with mostly cloudy skies. Tonight... You can look for clouds with a low of 54 degrees. One thing that the Google Home can do is if you ask it a question, you can kind of build on the answer without re-asking it again. For example, okay, Google, who is the president of the United States? The president of the United States of America is Barack Obama. Okay, Google, how old is he? He's 55 years old. Okay, Google. Who is he married to? Michelle Obama since 1992. Okay, Google. How many children does he have? Two. His children are Malia and Obama and Sasha Obama. So you can build upon that without saying how many children does Barack Obama have? Alexa. Who is the President of the United States? The U.S. President is Barack Obama. Alexa, how old is he? Sorry, I don't have the answer to that question. So she's not sequential. She's right. Not 
give you that type of information. Right. So I could say, Alexa, how old is Barack Obama? Barack Obama is 55 years old. So I can get the same information, but it doesn't chain the information together like Google does. Yeah. Okay, Google. Do you like Alexa? It'd be nice if my home was as tall as Alexa's. I'm not complaining, though. I like how cozy this is. <laughs> That's cute. It is cute. Um, we did try some tests, and it's very quiet if you say Google Home or just Google but I can ask, Alexa, do you like Google Assistant? I don't have an opinion on that. Yeah, they really yeah. Is if you ask her, do you like Google Home? Because nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, and I have an opinion on that tone of voice. It sounds like she very much has an opinion. Oh, yes. She's, but, she's turning up her little nose and flouncing away. Yeah, she's under NDA and can't yeah. discuss it. Absolutely. Okay, Google, do you like Siri? I know she's from Cupertino. That's pretty close to Mountain View. Alexa, do you like Siri? Siri's a great app, but I'm different. She's more gracious when it comes to Siri. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Okay, Google. Sing me a song. I can sing. I can sing a song. I'll keep it simple, it won't last very long. So one thing I wanted to bring to your attention is the sound that you hear when Google Home starts and stops listening. Those are off by default, but if you go into the app, you can go into the settings for your Google Home device, and then there is an accessibility option, and those are located in that option, and those are the only things currently that are within the accessibility option and just a note to set up Google Home and to play with what I have seen in the app it seems to be very very accessible not only that but it has a lot of hitting navigation at least from what I've noticed of what you were playing with this morning so it's very intuitive to navigate it's very easy to find things there's a lot of customization in terms of for instance news and what you can set up there's like health news and technology news and science news and politics and Anything you could possibly want in terms of setting it up. And you get podcasts. You get like a little hourly summaries like NPR hourly summary and you know some of these others. Whereas with something like Alexa, you can get summaries. You can get actual podcasts. But she'll also read you TTS information. Whereas this doesn't seem to be the case with Google. Correct. Right. Yeah, Google Home seems to be only audio files that you can get and to bring that up you say okay Google good morning good evening Chris the time is 7 12 p.m. the weather in Buffalo currently is 54 degrees and partly cloudy with a high of 57 degrees have a nice day here's the latest news from tech news today at 7:09 p.m. yesterday the U.S. government goes okay, open Google. source. Next. From NPR News Summary at 6 p.m. today. Live from NPR okay, News Google. in Washington. Next. From NPR Technology at 8.27 a.m. today. Facial recognition okay, systems Google. can feel. Stop. One thing that I like about that little news section 
is if you noticed it was telling you the last time that it was updated. So if I know that I already listened to Tech News today, I can skip it. If I listened to the NPR one already that was at, I think, 6 p.m. about an hour ago, I can skip that. So you can actually flip through your news items, too, without having to listen to a few seconds of the, the news item and say, oh, I already listened to this. Hey, speaking of listening to things, someone I know is having a birthday this month, and <clears throat> both of them will sing to you. Okay, Google. Sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to the person whose birthday it is. Happy birthday to you. And you get sound effects. <laughs> you too. That one cracks me up, especially the uh, to the person whose birthday it is. Yeah. And... Backtracking briefly, uh, you can turn on those same kind of start-stop sounds on the Echo. And if you want more details, the best place to find those is in the Echo tutorial. Alexa, sing me a song. The only song I really know how to sing is Happy Birthday. If you ask me to sing Happy Birthday, I can help you celebrate someone's special day. So then we can say, Alexa, sing me Happy Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. So you so, just get a vocal song. <laughs> yeah, Alexa has better vocal technique, oh, I'm thinking. Yes. And uh, she doesn't slide Sorry, into notes I didn't like, oh, I know. The question I heard. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't slide in notes like she's sliding into home base, but uh, Google definitely has it for creativity. So, yes, most definitely. Thank you for those electronic birthday wishes. Yes. Speaking of creativity, okay, Google, what sound does a cow make? A cow sounds like this. Okay, Google, what does a zebra sound like? Here's a zebra sound. Okay, Google. What does a donkey sound like? This is a donkey. So you have a pretty good way of just learning what different animals sound like. It's really, really but cool. But wait, 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 wait. We are, we are nearing, thank God, the end of election season. So if you do the donkey, you have to do the elephant. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> okay, Google. What does an elephant sound like? This is an elephant. <laughs> Albeit for anyone to accuse us of being partisan on the podcast. Okay, Google. Tell me a fun fact. San Francisco is the size of 16,500 soccer fields. Alexa, what sound does the dog make? Sorry, I don't know the answer to your question. So, the Echo, unfortunately, does not have Google's little handy-dandy sound effect library. 
And we were trying different sound effects earlier. It will play instrument samples and other fun things. Yes. Google can do lots of fun sounds. But she doesn't know everything. Like moon phases, for instance. <laughs> yes. One thing I always like to know. Okay, Google. When is the next new moon? Sorry, I don't know how to help with that yet. But I'm trying to learn. Alexa, when is the next new moon? The next new moon is on November 29th. Currently, the moon is waxing. Full moon will occur on Monday, November 14th at 9.52 a.m. I think they both did pretty well. After all, neither of them broke into a rousing rendition of Blue Moon. So, true. And, you know, really, it kind of brings home a point. Google Home has been out a very short amount of time. And, you know, we're kind of tongue-in-cheek referring to them as friends. But just like kids, you know, who play together, learn, and they kind of bounce things off of each other, these things are in competition, and they will learn and grow as they mature. Mm -hmm. They will, although I must say I'm a bit skeptical about how Google Home is going to catch up to the quote-unquote skill set in terms of her skills library, if that is indeed something, and we believe that it is that's something that google is going to begin implementing so that will be an interesting thing to watch for example i can't connect it to my honeywell thermostat like i can with the echo the only thermostat that google home will currently connect to is the nest thermostat and the hue lights for lighting so that that's a disappointment but again google home has really only been out for a couple of weeks, if that, at the time of this recording. Yeah, she's very yeah. she's very new. I mean, she does have the shopping list, same as her frenemy over here. She has the ability to do news and news briefs, as mentioned, weather you've seen. So there's plenty of things that she can do. One thing that I was a little disappointed to realize was that she does not have Bluetooth, as does Alexa. If you want to connect her to other things... You have to cast her. So she'll cast to your Chromecast or to a speaker, a Chromecast speaker. But in terms of anything else, that's essentially what she'll do. She has to have that Chromecast technology to send to. You can play music via Google Music, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Spotify Premium, and also Pandora. So it does not support iHeartRadio like the Amazon Echo. You also cannot read Audible books. So if you're a big fan of reading your Audible books through your Echo, you can't do that with the Google Home device. Apparently you can't read books from Google Books either. Purchases through the Echo make more sense because Amazon is an e-commerce solution. At this point, there's no way to purchase things through Google Home. In fact, in terms of purchasing through your Echo, I'm sure you guys received this email as well, where now they're letting you get like up to 40% off of your holiday purchases if you purchase them directly through your Echo. That's kind of cool. You know what that means? We're all guinea pigs. And, yeah, uh, yeah. They want, they want to make, yeah, because uh, when the Echo first came out, you couldn't buy anything directly using the device. Right. You could only reorder your order history. Well, not only that, but, like, if you wanted to order 
your Echo Dot and you're a Prime subscriber. You can order your Dot automatically without having to touch a computer. Your new Amazon Music Unlimited subscription, you actually can order that through her and save money by doing it. So, I mean, it's ridiculous the things you can do now. The Google Home product, at least the promotion at the time of this recording, which is November 5th, 2016 gives you a free six-month trial of YouTube Red. Now, YouTube Red is YouTube without ads and probably a little bit more than that. When you And it also includes the Google Music service. So basically, for $10 a month, you get ad-free YouTube and Google Music. The thing is, when I set up my Google Home, I got a free two-week trial of YouTube Red, and I had to actually go activate and extend my trial for six months. So I think that's pretty neat. They're trying to get people interested, obviously, because it is such a new device, they're trying to get people interested. I wanted to go back for a second about some of these skills and home automation and stuff. I do believe... I do believe that... <laughs> she she's like she's like the echo in that sometimes she thinks you're speaking to her and you're not and you're not i think let's try that better that these companies are going to access or write skills or uh, third-party apps or whatever google decides to call them to integrate google home with their products for example, my security system company has already informed me that they will be making a, whatever they call it, again, third-party add-on, whatever, to the, for Google Home, so you, I would be able to control my security system through either Echo or Google Home. So I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for this thing to mature, if you will. It's an infant, and it's in, it's in its infancy where the Echo has literally been out for two years, um, including the the beta cycle or the pre-release, the one, the cycle where you had to literally be invited to buy the Echo. That was before it was out to the general public. So it's only been out for two years. I'll say one thing, though. Even though she's brand new and she's essentially just out of the box, she does have some really cool things that I actually really like, and admittedly, it's her price point that's keeping me from getting her currently, because I just think she's overpriced for what she currently does, particularly me being so ensconced in the Echo ecosystem, as it were. Say that five times fast. She does have some really fun things she can do, like her crystal ball. Totally, in my opinion at least, beats the heck out of the ones that Alexa has. <laughs> I think because it's more multimedia. Yes. Like, you don't just hear the audio, you hear the sounds, like... You didn't just get the happy birthday song. You got the little party blower thing at the end, you know, which is it adds an element of fun and realism. And even though you're not seeing video, it does seem like a more of a multimedia experience. OK, Google, play crystal ball. Nice. I just need the handmaid's velvet curtains. Come closer. 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 Okay, stop. Close your eyes and clear your thoughts. The crystal ball shall reveal your destiny. Now ask a yes or no question. Will it snow on December 1st? 
The crystal ball says, it's a secret. But whatever, the crystal ball is totally random. Do you dare ask the crystal ball another question? Yes. Now ask a yes or no question. Will we all be happy when election day is over? The all-knowing crystal ball says, it's a secret. I don't know if I trust this thing. The other day it said that VHS is making a comeback. Do you dare ask the crystal ball another question? Yes. Now ask a yes or no question. Will I see an 8-track tape in my life? The all-knowing crystal ball says... Don't bet on it. <laughs> but I just picked this thing up at a thrift store. Don't take it too seriously. Do you dare ask the crystal ball another question? No. Come back soon to hear what the future holds for you. To me, they both function like your basic crystal ball. It gives you yes, no, maybe. But the thing that makes Google's fun are the sound effects and the little quips in between. Yeah, and the little reverb on her voice is kind of fun, too. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Personally, I'm a big fan of Echo Jeopardy. Oh, me too. Echo Jeopardy. Let's try some trivia, shall we? Yay. Okay, Google. Play trivia. Oh, yeah. This is so much better than telling you about the weather. Let me get into character. Job <laughs> <laughs> dissatisfaction much? Welcome to Are You Feeling Lucky? A mind-bending game of suspense and trivia. On top of being your Google Assistant, I'm the host of this silly show. How many want to play this time? One. One contestant it is. Get ready for five questions. You're funny, in a good way, so you need a funny name. I'll call you WizKid. I'm excited that you're here. Let's do this. If you need to get out, say stop. Binge on this TV question. Sam Malone, Carla Tortelli, and Cliff Clavin are characters on which TV program? The Golden Girls. MacGyver. Four cheers. The Golden Girls. Seriously? Come on. Seriously? Not are you serious? Time. The correct answer is cheers. You didn't Question know that? two coming up. Lights, camera, action. Heath Ledger stars in which of these movies? My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yes, know this. Ten one. things I hate about you. Or kutch kutch ho to high. Cringe cringe ho to high. That gets a zero on the correctness scale. The real answer is ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Question number three is coming up. Hope you know music. True or false, the full national anthem of Greece has 158 verses. False. Uh, <laughs> you almost had it. It was true. Here's question number four. Take a deep breath. Here it comes. True or false, the nation of Singapore is six times larger than the city of San Francisco. True. Yay! Yay, you got one wrong. You must have heard that one before. That's right. <laughs> Last question. Hope you've been training. The topic is sports. True or false, in baseball, a forfeit is officially scored as 9-0. to zero. False. One more time. True or false, in baseball, <laughs> a forfeit is officially scored as 9-0. <laughs> True. 
was like the training wheels you edition. That was great. It. I think she felt <laughs> sorry for me. Right. Great job. You can breathe now. The game is over. Here are your results. I could tell you were trying your best, and that's all I can ask of anyone. You got two correct, and that's a heck of a lot better than zero points. Nice job. Do you want to play again? No. <laughs> all right. Thanks for playing. Are you feeling lucky? Have fun out there. You didn't get the cheers question. Unbelievable. Okay. That was pretty amazing. That was like playing trivia with your grandma. It makes any trivia done on the Echo sound more like you're dealing with the elementary school teacher with the abundance of facial hair that everybody was a little scared of. Yeah. <laughs> this was like, let's do that again. That was great. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, you've got Mad Libs. You've got that. You've got something else. Ask her what games you can play. I don't remember what the other one is. Oh, uh, the, the spinning wheel. wheel. Yeah, yeah, spin the wheel. Okay, Google. What games can I play? We can play Lucky Trivia, Mad Libs, or you can spin the wheel. What do you want to try? Spin the wheel. Always happy to spin the wheel. It landed on vehicle sounds. That was his plane, a train, and an automobile. Okay, Google. Spin the wheel. Here we go. You got animal noises. That was a lion, a tiger, and a bear. Oh my. <laughs> that was predictable. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But cute. But cute. And if you think that the Echo is not getting a complete showing here, you're right, because we've talked about that in depth in other podcasts. It's only fair that Google Home gets a full turn. We are comparing where that is an important thing to do, but if you need more information, Please feel free to either listen to previous podcasts, consult your tutorial, or consider purchasing the Echo tutorial. It's an excellent resource, and I find myself referring back to it frequently for finer points or those times when maybe I haven't used it in a little while or haven't used a particular area and need to brush up. A couple more things that I want to touch on, um, and then we're going to switch topics. Okay, Google. What is a black hole? Black hole, a region of space having a gravitational field so intense that no matter or radiation can escape. What if I didn't hear that and I wanted to repeat it? Okay, Google, repeat that. Black hole, a region of space having a gravitational field so intense that no matter or radiation can escape. So that's really nice. Okay, Google, set a timer for five seconds. All right, five seconds. And that's starting now. So this is something that both of them can do, alarms and timers. 
Okay, Google. Stop. Okay, Google. What time is it? The time is 7.36 p.m. Okay, Google. Set an alarm for 7.37 p.m. Got it. Your alarm set for 7.37 p.m. And what I like is you can do recurring alarms every day. There it is. <laughs> every weekend. Okay, Google. Snooze. Snoozing for 10. So we'll get to hear that again in a bit. <laughs> okay, Google. Say hello in Swedish. Hello. Okay, Google. Say, I need to know where the bathroom is in French. <laughs> Je dois savoir où la salle de bain est. Now, I don't know if that was right, but our French listeners, if we have any that know French, will be Oh, able we to have tell some. <laughs> I'll pick an obscure one. Let's see if it knows this. Elect. No, wrong, wrong digital assistant. <laughs> wrong thing. <laughs> okay, Google. Say good morning in Croatian. I don't speak that language yet. Bummer. He doesn't speak Croatian. Good. That's unfortunate. Okay, Google. When do I turn the clocks back? According to web exhibits, most of the United States begins daylight saving time at 2 a.m. on the second Sunday in March and reverts to standard time on the first Sunday in November. In the U.S., each time zone switches at a different time. In the European Union, summertime begins and ends at 1 a.m. Now that's interesting. The last time we did it, it gave the incorrect dates. It did. How interesting. Yeah, our syntax might have been different. Probably, yes. And I found out about the time change when I said, Alexa, good morning. Good morning. Great news for sleep lovers craving that extra hour of slumber. You get to set your clocks back one hour tonight. Don't worry, I'll update my clock automatically. Now see, that's one of the things I love about her. Every morning you get a cute good morning message. However, Google does it differently. We've already did that because it played the news briefs. So we did that already. Yeah, but what about in the evenings when we're going to sleep? Okay, Google. Good evening. Good evening, Chris. The time is 7.40 p.m. The weather in Buffalo currently is 53 degrees and partly cloudy with a high of 57 degrees. Have a nice day. Here's the latest news. From Tech News today at 7.09 p.m. yesterday. The U.S. government okay, Google. is open. Stop. I thought you were going to say good night. <laughs> Not good evening. Yeah. Okay, Google. Good night. Sleep well. Alexa, good night. Good night. Sleep tight. See, I just like that. She's very cozy. <laughs> And I like, actually, when you say good morning or good evening, that it doesn't launch into all of that. Me too. Because... I don't want to hear that when I first wake up. No. No. <laughs> I the wanna... last thing I want is to know what's going on in the election at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be beautiful, because then I would have all the reason I needed to turn over and put my head back under the covers and go back to sleep. (laughs) Or what you do is, before you go to bed, you reach behind it and you hit this magic button right here. Microphone off. Or it won't hear you anymore. And then you press it again. 
Microphone on. And it will now hear you. Yeah, but if I did that, I would forget that I had done it. <laughs> I would be screaming at it. Yeah, why are you not speaking to why me? Why are you not speaking to me? It's broken. I had a moment a couple weeks ago where I accused my Echo of doing something it was not doing. I had been dealing with an awful lot of technology that day. I had to set the alarm insanely early the next day, and it went off, and my eyes were slits, and I didn't recognize the alarm sound. And I thought, okay, that must be my iPhone. So just reflexively, I reached for it, and it wasn't my iPhone. Didn't know what else it could be, and thought, it must be the Amazon Echo. So I said, Alexa, stop. And it kept going as if I hadn't said a thing. So then I started to beg. <laughs> it was not very attractive. You know, it turned into, Alexa, stop! And then it got more like, in the name of all that's good and holy, please stop. And nothing would happen. And I thought, okay. I thought that this was all voice controlled, but I bet I have to get up and push a button on it. Because I really don't use the alarm on mine that much. So I went over and it wasn't the Echo. And it was indeed the newest piece of technology in my life, which was my Apple Watch. It was sitting on its charger, and because it was on the charger and not on my wrist, it could expend a nice amount of power playing a very pleasant but loud alarm. And that was just one of many things I learned while putting together our newest tutorial, which is on the Apple Watch. And it is about four and a half hours long and hopefully covers everything you might need to know whether you have an Apple Watch or whether you are considering getting one. Yes, we released it on Halloween. So it came out and it was a definite treat. And it was a treat for me because I kind of went into it and I know you had some mixed feelings about Apple Watches as well, Lisa, kind of going into this whole gig. I was very much the hardened Apple Watch skeptic, saying, what the heck am I going to do with an Apple Watch? Like, it just seems like the most ridiculous little accessory that I would never have any time, interest, or use for. What do I want it for? By the time I got through, like, Section 6 or thereabouts, it's a 25-section tutorial, I was sold and already fantasizing about the new Apple Watch that I have not yet purchased. So I think that's a pretty good indicator of the intuitive layout and the persuasive feature set of this little critter that kind of sold me on it very quickly going in. I had no idea not only of the feature set, but also of the versatility in which one can customize it and change it up in so many different ways, like setting all the different faces and doing all these different things, I was quite stunned. Yeah, I found, and this could sound a little bit Apple fangirl. I like Apple products, but I wouldn't say if it's Apple, I have to have it. When the first generation Apple Watches came out, I thought this is something that might interest me, but I want to see what it grows into. But I did find with most features... If I thought, okay, I don't get it, this seems kind of stupid, in general, it was because I didn't understand it. For example, Kim mentioned changing the face on the watch. And I have no sight, no light perception, no nothing. And so I just thought that this was kind of pointless. 
it doesn't really matter whether the face that's displaying looks gold or silver or chrome or black or white or blue or green or whatever. It's so much more than that. I can have different faces with essentially different themes. So the face that I use most often is a conglomerate. So it has the weather, current outdoor temperature, the high and low temperature. It has the time, the battery status, my activity information, the notorious three activity rings. Another one has sunrise, sunset, moon phases, weather forecasts, things like that. There's our snooze alarm. <laughs> yes. Okay, Google. Stop. The third face that I have has all kinds of workout stuff on it. So it has the workout app. It has the breathe app. It has the app that I would launch to be able to take my heart rate. And then I also have the timer there. You could have social media related faces or contact-related faces where you would have mail and messaging and things. I think you have to have the time on all of them. But the rest of it is very customizable. Or the other one that just made me think, well, what's the big deal, is the ability to answer a phone call on your wrist. I have no desire to just hold my wrist up in the air and talk on the phone, on the watch, because, well, it sounds like it's coming out of a little tiny speaker, which it is, and it's not that great of a sound quality. But the other day, I was in another room quite far from my phone, and I had just finished washing my hands, and I got a phone call, and I felt the taps on my wrist, and I had a couple choices. I could, of course, have just let it go, but this was an important call, so I could tell it to answer on my phone, so the caller would hear Samantha say, please hold transferring or something similar or I could answer it right on my wrist and either talk and have the conversation or which is what I ended up doing I could answer it and quickly make my way over to my phone and pick up the call on the phone so it adds extra layers at least in my mind of convenience and it's great because you might not even know if you want or need a watch. And I talk about four kinds of people who might benefit from the watch. You might be concerned, well, what if I don't have the right Apple Watch for this tutorial? It doesn't matter because about 97 or so percent of it will apply to both watches. Only about 3% applies to the Apple Watch 2nd Edition. The tutorial does go from the standpoint of watch OS or watch operating system 3 because it is the most current one out there and all Apple Watch models support it. There have been a lot of changes, some kind of major. In preparation for producing the tutorial, I listened to roughly 50 podcasts and in some cases I could have saved myself the time because features were completely revamped, redone, uh, reincorporated. And so this is a nice way to get all of that information in one place. It is the only comprehensive blindness-specific resource 
that I am aware of as of right now. So I have a question as someone who, like yourself, is a bit of a Braille Watch devotee. What's special enough or intriguing enough about this to make me put down my 300 and some bucks on this versus my perfectly serviceable Braille Watch, which is currently at least telling me the time and the other things, let's just play devil's advocate for a moment, that my phone or other iDevice will, will stay in the Apple world for a bit, is doing for me. They can, and I will talk about these very briefly because we don't want to give too much away. Of course not. The first kind of person who might want an Apple Watch is a tech enthusiast, somebody who just wants to play with it and learn and explore and kind of see what it's all about. Another kind of person for whom this can be quite helpful is if you are prone to falling, or you could be, maybe you have brittle diabetes, or you have knee or hip replacements or implants, or things that make you more prone to falling. Maybe you have epilepsy, whatever. The phone may be near you, but it may not be on you almost all the time. And the watch you can keep on you, and you can use it to make phone calls. If you are passionate about health, and that doesn't mean necessarily that you are in top physical condition, but maybe you just want to be a little more healthier than you are now. The Apple Watch can help with that because it will remind you to breathe and be mindful of your breathing. Of course, we're not talking, you know, each breath in, out, in, out. That would be a bit intense, but it reminds you to breathe mindfully at intervals throughout the day. It also can prompt you to work out, to move a certain amount throughout the day, also to stand at least one minute for each hour out of 12 hours in your day. So that's another compelling reason. The other group that can find the Apple Watch really helpful, and this surprised me until I did more research, and then I thought, oh, of course, I felt a little foolish for not thinking of that before. People who are deafblind... At first, the impression was that there was nothing for deafblind people for the Apple Watch because you couldn't pair the Apple Watch to a Braille display. But you don't really need to because a lot of the Apple Watch functions are run through your phone. So you can control it through your phone with the Braille display. And it's great because if you are cooking, you want to use a timer, you can feel the taps on your wrist when your food is done. You don't have to keep your phone right with you or keep a hand on it or keep it strapped to you waiting for a vibration. You can use the GPS capabilities so that if you need to make a right or a left turn, you will get those taps on your wrist to let you know. The Apple Watch may not be something that everybody wants, but I think a lot more people could benefit from it than realize. And yeah, I was very much of the mindset of do I even want this? I've been using a Braille watch since I was six years old, and I like it very well. Thank you very much, and get off my lawn. I still do use it. Now, some people wear their Apple watches at night to track their sleep. I haven't really found the need to do this. So what I do is at night when my Apple watch is charging, I put the Braille watch back on. I like that better, actually, because when I wake up in the middle of the night, I find that it's less intrusive, and it's easier to get back to sleep if I can get the time tactily than hearing it. Speaking of hearing, 
I want to make one point about the layout of the tutorial. I went through it in a way that I hope would be intuitive to most people. For example, I didn't go through the settings in a very linear start to finish kind of way. I thought, okay, what are the most pressing features? For example, when I first got my watch, I really wanted to make it talk faster or I would have lost my mind. I also wanted to change it so that when I pressed the button to get the time, it wasn't saying it's 7.26 and 43 seconds. I didn't want those seconds announced. I tried to go through those settings that might be the most important initially and then come back to others that were no less important but were still very necessary. You know, two things I really have to compliment you on in terms of the creation of this. I love the overall product a lot. But two things I found particularly awesome for me as someone listening, and as I had mentioned before, definitely a skeptic going into the listening process thinking, well, this will be interesting, but it's not for me. One of those is your defining of terms, some of which are actually quite interesting. Yeah. And the fact that really any questions I had, you were anticipating before I could even really process my thought of, I wonder when Lisa's going to cover X, Y, and Z. Boom. There was X, Y, and Z. I really appreciated that because it just goes to show what went into an intuitive planning of putting this thing together and making it in such a way where that really was the case. I think it was very artfully put together. I loved it. I mean, I could just sit here and ramble and talk about this tutorial because I loved learning about it. I loved putting it together. The one term that I defined was complications because every time somebody talked about Apple Watch complications, a little part of me went, difficult, scary, what's that? You know, and I looked it up and it actually has a very fascinating historical context. But once you understand what complications are, the way that the term is being used, It makes perfect sense, and it takes any kind of stress or scary, I think, out of it. The other thing I must say in praise of the tutorial, and I can say this because I had no hand whatsoever in this. This was primarily Chris, and Kim also edited me, and to borrow a popular phrase made me sound better than I deserve. The tutorial is available in MP3 and also DAISY. And there are, I think, 116 headings. I think so. So, I went a little crazy, but... Yeah, a lot of headings, but really thorough. I really would recommend that you listen through the whole thing. For example, you might not really be interested at all in using the watch to do a swimming workout, but it's only going to take you about three minutes to listen to that section. And you'll also learn that if you go out in the rain, you might want to turn on the water lock or waterproof feature of the watch. So you don't know where you might find things, and it really does help to listen through it. But once you've listened through it, then you can use your Library of Congress player or your DAISY book reader or DAISY software on your computer to just skip around and find exactly what you need. I must confess, last week, I couldn't remember where a setting was. It was kind of interesting because I thought, okay, I have two options. I can either check for this on the phone and find it, or it would have been just as quick for me to navigate through the daisy headings on the tutorial and find the setting there. And it's really one of those things, I feel, that if you're kind of like me and thinking, I'm not really sure if this applies to me at all or if it's something that interests me, put down the 39 bucks, 
that this is going to cost you for the digital download or 49 for the SD card, check it out. You know, it's better to do that and discover that, well, it isn't for me, but it might be for a friend of mine or, you know, what have you, than to lay down the money and then realize this is something I'm never going to use and it's going to sit here and collect dust and I'm going to sell it and get half what I paid for it. <laughs> if you think it's possibly for you and you're kind of having little moments thinking, hmm, might be interesting to at least check it out, then definitely feel free to do that. You know, if it's not something that you're interested in after the fact, well, then you're only out 39 bucks. If it is, you've got a really nice, very intuitively laid out, very clearly described piece of instructional material that will walk you through your settings, your setup, your apps for entertainment value. I mean, it's everything and then some in terms of what you might need to definitely get you up, get you started and turn you into a really well-versed user of this product. And you'll hear lots of actual demo information. Yep. Now we do have a clip to play for you. That is not specifically demo. That's just sort of toward the beginning in the actual tutorial you hear demo. So we've got Samantha, which is the voice that's used on the watch. And then so as to hopefully not confuse things, we have the male Siri iPhone voice, and then, of course, there's me. Sometimes I am just doing straight demoing. I do a little bit of opinion and experience sharing. For example, I talk about turning off a setting. I had not turned it off, and I encountered some problems and had a lovely chat with our local emergency services personnel because I could not stop the dialing of 911 on my Apple Watch. I mean, it didn't do it repeatedly. I just mean that with this one setting on, it was much more likely that I would make a call that I did not want to make. I made suggestions where I felt they were practical, but mostly it's demo. And if something doesn't work as it should, and there are one or two small things like that, I do show you those too. So it's not all roses. If there's something that isn't quite up to speed yet, you see it. Think of it less as a sales presentation and more like a friend sitting down with you on your couch and saying, okay, this is how you use it, and this is what I really like, and these are the parts that, uh, well, they're not quite ready for prime time yet. Really, those are few and far between because it really is quite nice and something ultimately that I'm glad I got. In the time I've had it, I've definitely grown to not only enjoy it, but to appreciate all its features. It's very obvious how much fun you had creating it. I mean, just listening to it, it sounds fun. Even everything down to the flutters that you feel on your wrist where, you know, when things are happening, the little vibrations, she equates them to little flutters and actually puts the mic and the watch next to each other so you can kind of hear the flutter flutter of the watch, which I just thought was brilliant. <laughs> It only took me about two days to stop <laughs> jumping at everything that was going off on my wrist. I haven't really learned them yet. And somebody did ask me that. They said, you know, are you going to include the different patterns in the tutorial? No, because there are so many apps and they can all use their own different patterns. And you do get used to them. Now, when the phone rings, it makes kind of a bring sound. And so you get a very bring feeling kind of flutter like a fast, prolonged back and forth. And there are times where it just feels like a tap or two. You do get used to them very quickly. But yeah, for the first couple of days, because it really does feel almost like someone lightly tapping you on the wrist. And so I was jumping uh, quite a lot. <laughs> it's a shame it didn't show up under my activity, but I was Aww. indeed. <laughs> 
so as Lisa suggests about the clip, we will insert that after we sign off. And I just wanted to thank you all for listening to this podcast, and we really, really hope you enjoy it. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. 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 See you later, alligator. Bye for now. Unfortunately, there are some restrictions. You must have an iPhone to use an Apple Watch. You can't use it with an iPod Touch or an iPad. And your iPhone must be an iPhone 5 or up, running iOS 10 and up. You will need the Apple Watch app. If you have not removed it from your phone, it is there. You might have buried it in a folder. What you could do is ask Siri to open Watch. If you have deleted it, simply go to the App Store and search for Apple Watch, and you can re-download it. For purposes of this tutorial, I am using the most up-to-date hardware and software that I can, although even if updates come out past the time that this tutorial is published, you will still find a great deal that will be relevant to you. I am using an iPhone 7 with iOS 10, and I am using a second edition Apple Watch with Watch OS 3. Going through this tutorial, a few assumptions will be made. The first one is that you know basic iPhone gestures. You don't need to know anything fancy, just a double tap, a single tap, and how to flick up, down, left, or right with one or two fingers. This tutorial is being done from the standpoint of someone who is using voiceover. Those who are using Zoom will gain some benefit from this tutorial, but in general, those who are legally classified as low vision might do better using voiceover instead of Zoom. I will do my best to make sure that the watch and the iPhone are not speaking at the same time. Sometimes, though, this is unavoidable, especially during setup. To make it clear which is which, I will use the male Siri voice on my phone and Samantha on the watch, which is the default and, in fact, the only voice. I will not have the phone running through the mixer because I can't run the watch through the mixer and I want you to hear the sounds relative to one another and also to have an overall idea of the sound quality coming from the watch. Finally, there are a few things to keep in mind before you continue with the bulk of this tutorial. Remember that while the Apple Watch is similar to the iPhone, there are differences. Not everything will look, act, or be laid out the same way. The main difference I notice is that the responsiveness of the iPhone, because it has a larger, faster processor, is snappier. The response on your Apple Watch will be slower. For example, I will think that maybe it didn't accept my double tap to open an app, and it's just that maybe it's taking that app a little while longer to launch. It's important to remember, this is not the iPhone. I feel like I should have that tattooed on my forehead after remembering and learning that lesson many times the hard way. I have outlined topics to cover in an order that intuitively makes sense to me. You may find that your thought processes are different, and it doesn't make sense to you. First, please accept my apologies and know that I have made every effort to make this 
as general to as many people as possible as I can. Also, feel free to skip around from section to section, but I would highly advise that you listen to everything at least once because you never know what tips are going to be hidden where and it's important not to miss anything. For example, you might not be interested in using the watch for swimming, but did you know that you need to turn on the water lock feature even when you're going out in a heavy rain? So it's important to give it a listen through at least once. Then you can come back and listen again to the sections that are most interesting and most relevant to you. It is my goal that once you have gone through this tutorial and you understand the concepts that I've laid out here, that you will be a well-versed user of the Apple Watch. You may not learn every nuance of every particular setting, every particular use case, every particular watch face in this tutorial, but you will know enough to find all the information you need. It's also important to remember one other excellent resource. Apple does have a guide regarding the use of Apple Watch. It is fairly clear and most gestures can be translated and converted easily by voiceover users. What I find I like to do is to learn with a tutorial such as this. Then, if I need information on a specific point, I can go into the Apple Watch user guide and I can search for the information I need. In the next section, we'll talk about getting to know your watch and all the fun options and possibilities that are in store. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us 716-543-3323 and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.